We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast, Conference Championship edition. God, it feels good to say that. Steve Perhatch, joined as always by Dusty Evil, Sarah Kelleher. What is going on? Who is excited for some football this weekend? Me, it's me. <laughs> it's both of us. <laughs> we are both so excited. And I think another question is, Steve, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because... You had a special diet today, the Andy Herman diet, um, as your punishment for the prop for losing the prop bet series. So, how's it going? What was it like to eat like Andy for a day? I don't feel great right now. I will tell you that. I was saying before, so the the meal consisted of bagel bites for for breakfast, which is just ridiculous, with a Mountain Dew, and then oh. for for snacks it was pepperoni pizza combos and then for lunch it was lunchable pizzas which are just atrocious just atrocious it was i I was not i i had to power through that that was just that was just so bad and then with dinner it was a frozen pizza and then i was given the option of ice cream for dessert and i the thought of more sugar at this point is just grotesque to me and uh, again, like I tweeted it out after, I don't understand how Andy doesn't look like, like Pizza the Hut from uh, <laughs> from Spaceball. That's exactly the thing I can think of because the amount of sugar between the soda and like all the salt from the pizza, like those combos are 
so salty. It was just all I want to do is drink a whole bunch of water and have fruits and vegetables tomorrow. So I think I'm uh, I think you guys got the better end of the deal by eating three Oreos. I'm just going to say that because it uh, I don't feel great. Um, uh, Full disclosure, I've been farting all day. It's just awful. I, I hate everything about this thing. And I think you guys definitely won. So, yeah. You didn't even have to say that, Steve, and I just assumed you were, just based on what you've been eating. So, pretty much, yeah. But you know, it's funny. It'll make farting makes people laugh. So you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that'll help out. So, Uh, but yeah, so it is officially paid off. We won't have any prop bets until uh, the 2021 season opener for the Green Bay Packers. So. Good riddance. Thank God it's over, and uh, I guarantee you, I'm not going to lose this next year. So, <laughs> uh, but let's see. We've got some news and notes before some things going on. Um, before we start talking about the game and the, against the Buccaneers, we've got Aaron Jones, uh, Rob Demosky, reporting that the Packers did in fact make him an offer that would have given him uh, annual uh, annual salary as one of the top five running backs in the NFL. However, it was noted that the guaranteed money most likely was not anywhere near that of the uh, top five running backs in the NFL. And after that is when he decided to switch his representation. So, guys, just curious. We we were kind of thinking that Aaron Jones wasn't going to get big money. What were your thoughts, takeaways from finding that out? Because we just kind of heard that a couple of minutes ago. Honestly, I'm shocked that it was just randomly dropped in that article and that it wasn't like circulating around Twitter. I know when we hopped on to start recording and we were going through topics and news and notes, um, Steve brought this up and was like, oh, did you guys see that this came up um, in an article? And we were like, no, what? Because it was just kind of hidden in there. It was like, oh, by the way, this happened and moving on to the next thing happening with the Packers. But Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it makes sense that that's why he switched agents. We knew that something was obviously up when that happened. And I get the guaranteed money thing just because of injuries and you never know what can happen. But this just makes me feel more and more like Aaron Jones is not going to be a Green Bay Packer next year. And that really sucks. But I think that's the reality of it. They gave him a decent offer, but he didn't take it. And obviously, they're still trying to make things work. But it's hard for me to believe that he'll be able to have that much guaranteed money. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all that it is. It's a little weird the way it came out. I mean, and I, I'd, I'd kind of heard, I think we'd all kind of heard something in the off season. They were kind of working on something. You didn't know how that was going to look, but yeah, it seems unlikely he's going to be back, uh, which is sad. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it is <laughs> like Sarah said, it's weird that it's a, it's a nugget and like a potential off-season moves thing that that Domovsky wrote, and I did not see it anywhere. Just uh, it's a little, little strange there. Yeah, actually, I had saw somebody who had like quote tweeted something and saying this was that that uh, somebody had put out a fake account that this was fake news. You know, somebody on Twitter trying to just play around, and all of a sudden, like, wait, no, this is actually real. This actually happened. So, uh, very fascinating to see that. I, as I mean, I we've we've kind of all had that discussion of Aaron Jones being gone, and I even tweeted. I was like, after the game on on Saturday, I was like, man, like somebody like it sucks that he's going to be leaving he's going to get paid and he deserves it. So, uh, yeah, I think we were all kind of shocked there. More news and notes uh, against the opponent for the Packers, Antonio Brown, uh, who injured his knee, 
had an MRI following the game and did not suffer a serious injury. He is considered day-to-day going into the game. And then the Buccaneers officially designated nose tackle Vitavea for return from the reserve injured list. Uh, Doesn't mean necessarily that he will be ready for the game on Sunday, but it just says that the Buccaneers now enter the three week, 21 day window for him to return to the active roster. So, uh, Dusty, any big takeaway from it? No, I mean, if he is, if, if he does come back, I mean, obviously, if he's 100%, which he wouldn't be, uh, that would be a huge boost to the middle of their defense, and they're they're good enough already. But he's such a just a big body, good run stuffer. But you know, he has not been officially activated. And if he even if he is, what's what's the cap on his snaps? Like 10, maybe. I mean, he hasn't played. He's probably been he's, he's just been designated to practice. So it seems like a. Uh, you see his name. It seems a little, little, uh, little scary to have him back in there. But if he's back, he's limited snaps. If he's back at all, I don't, I don't really expect him to be out there much, if at all. Sarah, what about Antonio Brown? Whatever. I, I, mean, <laughs> I think everyone kind of knows my feelings about that situation, and just. I mean, if he can play, obviously it's just another person that the Packers defense have to look out for. I mean, he's a he's a good wide receiver and he's a target for Tom Brady. But yeah, I mean, I never wish injury on anyone, so I hope he's okay. But um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. You can wish injury on him. That's okay. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Do not put words in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got just a cool kind of note uh, from PFF. And apparently the Packers are the only team ever to have the highest graded wide receiver and cornerback since 2006. Uh, so that's Devontae Adams rated coming in at 92.4 and then Jair coming in at a 90.5. So just a kind of cool note that Sarah had found off of Twitter. And so we just kind of want to pass that along before Jumping into some conference championship content. Oh, crap. Not even that yet. I lied. It's all the the sugar rushing through my head. We have the Pat McAfee show. (laughs) Uh, So, Dusty, Sarah, you guys were both able to watch some of it. Uh, I know Sarah was able to do the whole thing. So, Dusty, did you have one takeaway you had before Sarah can recap everything else? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, first things first. He came out wearing a, a shirt with the face of Doc Holliday, and it said, say when on it. We all know Roger's deep love with the movie Tombstone, and I have a deep love for the movie Tombstone. So I always love when he throws those things out there. So I, was, I don't think they said anything about it, but I thoroughly enjoyed that shirt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they he talked a little bit, and not specifically about this game. Um, but one of my favorite things, it's one of the things I've been kind of looking at this year, has been uh, scripted plays. They asked him kind of... Uh, how much can you really gather from the script? And he was like, well, you know, against the Rams, they asked about the Rams. It's a lot. You know, you're looking to see how often they go five down linemen because the Rams have a tendency to do that. Not all the time, but when they do, it's to kind of, you know, scheme up some stuff, maybe get Donald some one-on-ones, run some stuff behind it, run some blitz behind it because you've already got those kind of five-on-five matchup. You're looking, okay, where are they putting Donald? When we do this, how are they reacting to do that? And then also when we – run some of this stuff and they show those fronts where the free rushers coming from because we know they kind of want to scheme some stuff and some send some free rushers so again like he didn't get 
he didn't get too deep into that. Um, he did. He got deep into kind of the one of those hard plays that he threw from the shadow of his own end zone. But uh, just whenever Rogers kind of dig into kind of the strategy of the game and kind of the game planning stuff, I always kind of love hearing just it, just what are they looking for and then how do they enact on that. So uh, not a huge takeaway, but just uh, someone asked about script and I'm legally obligated to love and then talk about when Aaron Rodgers talked about the play script. Yeah, I, I purposely didn't write that down because I had a <laughs> feeling you, that you were going to cover that. <laughs> so Pat McAfee show was, it was another longer episode after last week was pretty short just because it was a busier week. It was a shorter week with the game on Saturday. Um, but on Tuesday, everything was kind of back to business as usual as far as their weekly schedule. So he was there for much longer again. Um, he shared that he had a few fingers full of scotch and a cigar after the game. So he was feeling good. Um, so lo- love to hear that about Aaron Rodgers. He also, Pat McAfee asked him a little bit about the Lazard touchdown um, because I'm sure anyone listening and everyone listening has seen this, that Rodgers, it seemed like he kind of called his shot. Like he shook his head no a couple times, kind of looked around, and then he just got that little Aaron Rodgers smirk on his face like, oh, it's about to go down right now. Um, and then threw a touchdown pass to Alan Lazard. So they basically said, what the heck happened? Did you actually call your shot? Walk us through what was going on there. And so he said he didn't like point to Alan Lazard to say like, yeah, I'm going to pass it to you. He was reminding him that he was blocking the safety um, down the field. And he said that then, you know, he – Alan Lazard did just that, but then he just, before he knew it, was running right past the guy and was wide open. So he's like, I just happened to throw him uh, the ball. Then he also talked a little bit about the play in, I think it was in the first half, where it was first and 17 and the Packers were pretty much backed up into their own end zone. And when they snapped the ball, Aaron Rodgers, when he dropped back into the pocket, he was in the Packers end zone. And he was dancing around, running all over the place in the pocket, and it totally looked like he was just going to get sacked for a safety somehow. Um, and he said basically he knew that which guys were running an in route, and he knew, again, he passed the ball to Alan Lazard here, that Alan Lazard was running the in route, and that, in his words, he made it sound so easy. He was like, you can always throw an in route you can always throw the ball the same way on an in route. You just have to slightly change the trajectory of the pass. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. You know, you're thinking about that all in a matter of like five seconds. Sure. Whatever. So he said, that's all he did there. And it wasn't like that crazy. He knew he was comfortable and was going to be blocked well in the play. So you do you Aaron Rodgers. That's why you're going to be the MVP this year. Cause that's a lot harder than it sounds. Um, he also said that there was some friendly, uh, trash talk and that's why he was caught on cameras laughing a couple times but in his mind it wasn't necessarily trash talk it was more just like little comments that made him laugh he said specifically number 41 on the Rams was really adamant about not jumping off sides on the hard count like he said throughout the game he just kept saying you're not going to get us. You're not going to get us. Yeah, you're not going to get us, which I thought was like hilarious, just like picturing that happening. Um, and so Aaron Rodgers said he did the hard count like a couple times and then didn't work and that they like called a timeout or something after and that then number 41 like pointed at Aaron Rodgers and was like, that's right. You can't get us. That's right. And that's why he started laughing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and though, like Dusty said, they talked a little bit about 
some of the plays and more of the mechanics that go behind them. But those were kind of the funny things that they talked about. He also said that the Packers losing to the Bucks matters about as much as the Saints beating the Bucks 38 to three or whatever they did in week three. So for anyone that has, you know, argued with a friend this week about, oh, well, the Bucks already beat the Packers and so they know how to beat the Packers. Let them know that Aaron Rodgers isn't worried about it. And if he's not worried about it, then they shouldn't be either. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't, could not agree more. Uh, and I find it hard to believe that uh, Alan Lazard was supposed to be blocking on that play. That did not seem like that at all. It was a, it was a, it was a fake block. I actually wrote about it. Sure. It's a, it was a triggering down because they'd been running inside zone off of that. And so the, the Mercedes Lewis blocks out, which triggers the safety coming down. And then Lazard had been blocking down on that safety, which then triggers the boundary corner to come up and essentially replace him on the edge to hold that, to hold the edge. So that's what they're doing there. He's trying to block down on the safety. You try to, you, you block the safety. Lazard's been doing that boundary defender comes up. So now you've cleared the boundary defender. So they did that as a fake. So the boundary defender goes to replace because they see Lazard looking to block down and Lazard just, just shoots right up. Beautiful, beautiful design. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't serious. I wasn't beautiful looking design, for Steve. beautiful design. Steve, isn't it crazy that Nathaniel Hackett is on our podcast right now? Like, I just, <laughs> I too, I gold. did not ask you for the breakdown. We have oh, a I whole am, section for you to break. I'm very stuff excited down. about it, Steve. I'm very excited about it. Oh my god. Okay, now we're going into the section for Dusty to break stuff down. Can you like cut and paste that and just put it into the like? Do, oh, that sorry, that requires Sounds editing. You don't do like editing. Work. I take that back. But uh, as we're doing for for every single game the Packers play this year, we are looking at the defense of the opponents. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense versus the Packers offense, and what we are looking for in this championship game. So, Sarah, let's start with you. And what's one thing you're looking for uh, this Sunday? Right. So I talked about this last week a little bit, just with in general with the run game. But something I'm going to be looking for this week um, on the Packers offense against uh, the Bucks defense is just how they attack in the run game. So what really didn't work, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen, I've seen this floating around Twitter, and it's also if you just watch any tape or highlights from the game, Um, earlier in the season, it's pretty clear that attacking the outsides and, you know, trying to go at them in the run game, whether it's a short pitch play or something like that from the outside just didn't work. And obviously the Bucs have a a really great defense. They have a phenomenal run defense specifically. So since 2019, the Bucs defense has allowed the fewest yards on the ground per game, letting up an average of just 77.2. And in that same about two years, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Their time span, they've allowed just 3.43 yards per rushing play, which is also the best in the league. So, you know, the running game really has to be on point. And so I'm curious to see with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon, if he's healthy, which all signs are pointing to that he's just a little banged up, but he should be available, how they utilize the three of them and attack a little bit differently. Um, That's what I'm going to be looking for, just because that was something that was shut down the last time. And when the Packers' run game is shut down, it kind of seems like they panic a little bit. Um, and, And, you know, the games that the few games that they've lost this season are in the games where they did win but they struggled it's always when the run game is struggling a little bit so that's what I'm going to be looking for this week and I think if they can attack and execute um, properly that this should be a pretty decent win for Green Bay Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions and now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I'm going to be looking at the offensive line. Uh, clearly, there were some struggles there when in week six. Uh, and, you know, as a lot of people have noted, there's there's been a lot of change in Green Bay, a lot of different ways that they they run offense after that week because they, they learned a lot from how they were attacked and the things that they were showing. So one of the things that I think we'll be looking for, um, a lot of wide receiver screens. Uh, that'll be something that they can do to kind of counteract a lot of that. And you've seen – We've seen the Packers do that throughout the rest of the season, including the playoffs. They'd they like to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands quick. I mean, you, you look at that uh, that Devontae touchdown, that was just a really, really – like that throw was just unbelievable for, for Rodgers to make that – like get that out of his hands as fast as he did. I'm, I'm looking for a lot of stuff like that where um, – you know they'll be doing that like you saw it on the MVS play where he made a move, got the first down on a crew, uh, a big third down, a lot of stuff like that to kind of counteract the the fast linebackers that they have, and hopefully will be the Packers will be avoiding the 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 run the running to the outside with a pitch play and things like that. I think that would be a wise move to avoid that. So, okay, Dusty, now is the time for you to go have a little fun and and discuss it. So. Uh, Tell us what you're looking for. Um, big takeaways in this game. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> it finally happened. Thank God. Let's move on before he, uh, before he regret the note. Come on. 
yeah, I mean, from Twitter. Okay. Oh. Uh, run game, quick game. I mean, that's that is a lot of that stuff, especially I know run game. It seemed like, uh, and we were kind of talking about this before the show. Like, it seemed to me in rewatching the game that uh, one of the issues the Packers had, you know, clearly, you know, the, the defensive front had the Packers the, the, a lot of issues with the Packers offensive line and protection and also running game all game has been mentioned. But some of that I feel like just came down to the Packers really not. Uh, they saw on tape, but they didn't quite understand or, or, or kind of feed in their game plan how fast and how aggressive the team is, and specifically Levante David and, and Devin White in the middle there. Like, it seemed like some of the stuff they're asking their offensive line to do, which to get to the second, there's a number of different ways to get to the second level and, and run blocking, but some of the ways they were trying to do it, especially early in the game, were release those guys immediately, try to get your guys behind you, you know, to just handle the, the, the front four, front five, whatever and then get a, like a reach block on one of the linebackers. And the problem was that sometimes they'd beat the guys to the spot and the linebackers would read, read and react so fast they couldn't do anything about it because the lineman was so focused on getting to that spot that once he got there, it was kind of, a, okay, I need to plant and the guys buy him. Or they couldn't get to him because those guys are too quick. And it's almost like the speed kind of caught them by surprise a little and it just kind of torpedoed everything else. So definitely looking at probably a different approach in the run game, um, maybe a little more uh, what's called duo, which is... Um, it, it typically, it, you call it power without the pulling. So it's a lot of double teams up front. So instead of rushing to get to that second level, you're powering. You got those double teams as much as you can on the at the front of the at the front of the play, and then you're kind of shedding off to get to that second level. I expect a little bit more of that. You can hold those linebackers a little bit more. They can't flow quite as quick, and you're also getting a bigger push up front. So just something to kind of negate those guys, and also not throw your linemen out on an island to try to to try to block them quickly, because clearly that gave them a ton of issues last time. So that's that's one of the things I'm seeing. Um, I, one of the other things would be, you know, I've seen a lot. I think the NFL stats. Uh, Twitter account they put out something about uh, Rogers under pressure in that game um, and and do what he did against the blitz against them and then after and the funny thing is and this is to my point you'll I saw a tweet like that from uh, from the NFL account there's something from uh, PFF and I think one other one as well the numbers don't quite align and that's because people tag blitzes differently uh, the most most of the times people tag blitzes as five or more rushers well the 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 Bucks, like a lot of teams, will have these fire zone blitzes put in square quotes, scare quotes because you're only rushing four. It's your the Packers do a lot of this as well, where you've got like you know five six guys at the line, you drop them off. You're only bringing four, but you're bringing them from different angles, so that's not always tagged as a blitz. And so just when you keep that in mind, like this is what Rogers did against the blitz. Some of these things, like he probably did some of those things against maybe blitzes, and also did other things that maybe his numbers were not quite as good against things were that weren't technically blitzes because they're only bringing four, but it's blitz concept. So just something to keep in mind when you see these stats about all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, overall philosophy of Bucks defense is just pressure, and they're very, very aggressive. I mean, we saw that on the, the Adams pick six. We saw, um, and that's one of the, the last thing I'll say, we saw the Packers take advantage of some aggressiveness in the Rams defense by specifically targeting guys and then running double moves off of them. Now you need protection to hold up for that to work, but I expect some of that. The Bucks are an aggressive defense, and they'll pressure, which sometimes leaves those guys on an island on the outside. I could definitely see some, some shots off double moves if that protection holds up, just playing off that aggressiveness a little bit. Double moves might work even better in the snow mm. for a team from the south. I think that might That's be uh, might be something good to look at. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we've got a whole slew of questions from Twitter. You guys, whenever we put this stuff out, it's always always great stuff. And you guys went above and beyond this time, and we there's we can't get to all of them. We we look through, and there's a there's a bunch of them that are um, that are really close uh, in in asking similar questions. So you know you may not get recognition, but we're trying to answer as much as we can. So we're gonna start from Alderon wants to know. What does LaFleur do differently from the regular season matchup for Green Bay to win? Who was the who wins the coaching matchup? And the second question, your preferred conference championship game food, pizza, wings, chilies, chili, nachos, or other. And he put in a side note that he is a Packers fan living in New England and has seen way too many weird voodoo clutch Brady playoff runs. <laughs> So, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Um, is there anything you're going to look look for differently from the head coach this week and then dive into your food takes? Yeah, so this, the first part of this question will be short for me because it's pretty much what I talked about before. Like, I think what pa- the Packers and LaFleur should do differently is obviously attack the run game a little different. They shouldn't attack the outsides as much. I mean, they can on occasion, but most of it should be up the middle. Their offensive line, I think, is not you know, it's been great all season, but I think it's only improved. And yes, obviously there's no David Bakhtiari, but they saw this past weekend that they have played really well without him. And in the games, you know, earlier in the year, they've played that David Bakhtiari was hurt. Um, they played well without him then. So that's what I think they'll do differently. That might give them a little bit of an edge. Who wins the coaching matchup? LaFleur, because hopefully the Packers win this game and I'm confident that they can. So usually, you know, the coach that or the team that wins, um, they had the coach that coached the better game. As far as conference championship game food, um, I'm a big believer in wings. I've talked about this many times before. I had, you know, wings this past weekend. It's kind of my go-to. Can't go wrong, but I think pizza is another good option. Um, and, yeah, that I'm confident that your Brady voodoo experience can end this year. Let's all positive thoughts that it ends this, this year. Yeah, and uh, same as Sarah. I mean, the the what does the floor do differently? I think we kind of talked about that. I think the way, same thing, way they attack the run game, like a little more power up front, and then just uh, some of the stuff. I mean, don't don't get spooked early. You get get a little more prepped on those linebackers. You've seen them up close now, and so you're kind of ready for that. And so that that kind of informs the game plan a little bit. So I think we're going to see that. Um, who wins the coaching matchup? With Sarah Lafleur, and I think because this is not a shot at Arians whatsoever, but Arians and uh, and Bowles both to some extent, they, they don't change their approach a whole lot. You don't see, I mean, they you know throw some wrinkles in there, but they're going to do what they're going to do, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, we saw that early with with Brady and Brady struggling in that system because they don't really change a whole lot in that. And so uh, I think uh, if I'm if I'm saying coach, I'm saying okay, which guy. Uh, which guy is going to come in with the game plan designed to attack some of this stuff? I think that's going to be LaFleur. So I'll take LaFleur. Maybe I'm just thinking of that with a biased mindset, but I'll take it. Um, game food, wings. Man, we had wings. Did wings last week. Man, just so good. Just just perfect. So wings. And then, yeah, we're all hoping. Uh, it, it'd just be so great to see Brady lose in the snow. Just would be delightful. Couldn't agree more. I don't think I have much to add. I mean, we, we've kind of covered that topic. As far as food goes, I know I think the the consensus for me would just say all of those foods, make them all and eat them all. That's what I did this past weekend uh, for the game. We had a smorgasbord of appetizers, and it was just outstanding. So that was a lot of fun. All right, next up, um, 
We have Ken Ingles, the Packers cap expert. And we actually did get one or two questions about the salary cap. So as we will say, go look at Ken's Twitter because he breaks everything down, goes like super in depth and answers all the questions way better than any of us could. And um, so, yeah, there's check him out. But he wants to know your go to move rock, paper or scissors. So, Sarah, we'll start with you. I really had to think about this because I was like, what do I do? Like, what's my go-to? So I kind of, you know, this is really embarrassing to admit, but whatever. I kind of had to do it like with myself, like with no one for a second. And I was like, what is the one I always go to? Um, My boyfriend and I, when we like order way too much food and we're like, okay, now someone has to go pick it up. Like we have to do curbside. Who's driving? We always do rock, paper, scissors. And I asked him as well. We, I, my go-to is paper, apparently. Um, so I, why? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. That's just the one I go. That's my go-to, paper. We always said it. It said rock, paper, scissors, and then Sarah said it that way too. I came up uh, paper, rock, scissors. I don't know if that's a regional thing or if it matters at all, but the order, I don't know. Um, I don't have a go-to. I don't think, I honestly, I cannot tell you the last time I played Paper, Rock, Scissors. Um, I don't have a go-to. I just I let the spirit take me when I play. And uh, sometimes it goes my way and sometimes it does not. Listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up. And sure, we'll all be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can even track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code PACKADAY. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code PACKADAY, all one word, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. I always love playing rock, paper, scissors with my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, because she has the slowest fingers of all time when you're playing. So she can always manipulate and change into whatever will beat you, <laughs> which is you know, the classic young child move. Uh, normally, I will go rock, but just as a fun anecdote, when I was uh, living in living in South Korea teaching English, uh, rock, paper, scissors is like do or die. It is something that kids play all the time. I witnessed a rock, paper, scissors tournament at a bar, at a club in South Korea for thousands of dollars. Good Lord. And it was a blind one. So you wouldn't see the person you were playing against and you would just have to do it. And then it was like single elimination. It was one of the craziest things I saw. And you had to pay like a hundred dollars to get into this tournament. And there was like, 30 or 40 people on stage and it was it is like a it is it is cultural it's cultural for them like it is deadly serious so um 
I, I played a lot when I was teaching over there. The kids always loved doing it, and that's how I would assign homework. Was if I, if I got it, if I beat like they, they could pick one kid for the class, and if they beat me, then they didn't have homework that night. And if I beat them, they did have homework. So uh, it was always a good time. Next up, uh, Aaron Picard wants to know anything on Levante David and Devin White uh, and a way to attack the middle of the Tampa Bay defense. So I know, Sarah, you had talked a little bit about the rush game. I don't have too much to add to this. I don't know if, Dusty, you've got uh, a little bit more. I know we've touched on it already a little, but. I mean, some of it for me, it's a it's a it's a game scripting thing. I mean, because the, the run game we talked about for before a pass game, a lot of times, and it's it depends on on what their keys are. And I didn't really pay super close attention to some of this, but if it, it on play action, if your keys are like the the offensive line, say a guard or a tackle or something, if you're not selling that first step as a run, they're not going to bite up on it. So the Bucks, one of the issues he had was the Bucks are kind of drifting back under some of that stuff and they weren't really biting on the play action. If you don't bite on the play action, it's hard to open up stuff in the middle. Um, and some of that was some of the play calls kind of falling back in the soft zone. Some of that was just not biting on play action. And so I think having play action, um, and, and it's tough because to, <laughs> it's tough to sell play action if the front four or five can, can stop it. Cause if you know, you don't have to react to fill those gaps, you're more willing to kind of sit back a little bit. So uh, if, if they can kind of force that action a little bit and get them drawn up on play action that opens up behind. And if it doesn't, Man, you gotta find ways to uh, find ways to make that work. Run some some follow concepts, kind of open up with that first guy and hit the guy behind. I mean, you can't stray away, you can't get totally away from the middle. There are ways to hit it, but I mean, the, the easiest way would be if play action works. And if it doesn't, follow concepts. You know, a lot of kind of a, a a drag or kind of a deeper crosser and a dig over the top, something to kind of help clear out. Then you hit the one behind it. That's kind of how, at least how how I would think to do it. We got multiple questions asking uh, why the Packers didn't use Snacks Harrison as much. Um, Sarah, did you have – I mean, I know we have a direct line to Mike Patton. What what was he telling you as the reason why? You know, he, he ghosted me. He didn't answer. Ah, so that's I, not cool. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know. Um, your guess is as good as mine. I would have loved to see some more Snacks action um, on the game – or in the game this past weekend, and maybe we'll see more this weekend. Who knows? I, I really don't know why they didn't use him more. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like, especially against a team, and Goff threw the ball better than I kind of thought he was going to, um, but against a team you assumed was going to pound the ball a little bit with, in the running game, that he would be a big part of their plan, and he wasn't. Um, but, I mean, and that was a little bizarre, not seeing him out there, but at the same time, Cam Akers didn't beat them. Like he had, I think, uh, five yards, five yards per attempt, which is not bad. Like that's 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 a good yards per attempt, and so it's not like they stopped him. But he also didn't beat them. Uh, they had a key um, that third and two, the Preston Smith kind of knifing through to stop uh, for the fourth and one. That ended up being the false start. Like they came up with stops when they needed them. They held them short, and they didn't allow any big gains. Like they. Again, like not huge stoppers, but with the guys they had out there, they did a perfectly fine job against a team that really wanted to beat them with the run and just couldn't. So, uh, so snacks or no snacks? I mean, it, it's one of those like like we <laughs> leading up to the Titans game it was all like, oh, Derrick Henry's going to kill him. Derrick Henry's going to kill him. Derrick Henry didn't kill him. And every every week it seems like it's a new boogeyman. Well, they're going to just Cam Akers is good. Okay, Cam Akers is fine. The Bucks running game is good. The Bucks running game is good, but also the defense has gotten better. Like snacks or no snacks, the defense all around has gotten better, and the run game is a part of that. So it is odd seeing snacks not out there. I certainly expect him to be a part of it, but the rest of the defense handled it very, very well, I thought. 
Next question comes from Kevin Cushing, a.k.a. Dusty's Burner account. <laughs> Did the Packers run any pony package versus Tampa Bay in week six? And which running back will catch the TD when Rodgers finally hits the all-vert running back scene? I mean, it sounds like gibberish to me, but go ahead, Dusty. <laughs> uh, so going back to the game, they did run Pony Package. So that game, uh, A.J. Dillon got 10 snaps. Uh, so Pony Package is uh, two running backs on the field at the same time. So typically had been Jones and Williams. Uh, and they, they did that a lot last year and then kind of tailed off a little bit because they were the only two healthy running backs. And this year was kind of they've got A.J. Dillon, so maybe they'll do it. So they did do it quite a bit against Tampa Bay um, to middling success. Not not great success on that. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see it more. We, we saw quite a bit of it this past week with A.J. Dillon and Jones, which is a pairing I really, really like a lot better because Dillon is a guy that can catch the ball of the backfield a little bit. He's also a more bruising runner than Williams is. And then Jones is just jones is jones so i like that pairing uh so we did see it but it's, it's a different pairing this week that was that was williams jones and this is going to be williams dylan so uh that's that's gonna be fun as far as the the vert then that's the you send essentially three verticals up one sideline and then the running back releases on a wheel up the seam uh in between them they've hit on that vertical i think one time and it wasn't even the seam it was to, to tunyon and um in new orleans uh up the sideline aj dylan's been running that quite a bit he's been the wheelman on that and if he's healthy I, we've seen some hands out of him. We know he's kind of a natural receiver. Not you know, not a ton of catches, but they've been sending Dylan on that. I'd love to see Dylan on that. I think the teams are more uh, more willing to kind of sell out against that when it's Aaron Jones because they know he's more of a natural receiver or he's a, he's a better receiver. But Dylan's good enough, so I think uh, my money if they if they have someone up the vert that catches that this week, my money's on AJ Dylan. See, I think they're saving that for the Super Bowl. That makes more sense to me. Um, be nice that would be nice (laughs) next up we've got uh trill withers who is one of dusty's buddies i believe Mm -hmm. he wants to know how many times does the darius smith get in the backfield and why is it 52 (laughs) sarah let's start with you i don't know a lot i guess i I don't know the exact number (laughs) but hopefully a lot i i feel like he he can be a big part of this game he's been playing pretty well applying some pretty decent pressure the last few weeks so hopefully that continues um into this nfc championship game and i think he's you know it's going to be at lambo there are going to be a lot of fans and z loves you know that kind of energy so i think he's going to be really pumped up and he'll probably be in the backfield a lot but 52 i don't know if it's 52 times but i mean hey if it's like 10 percent of that that would be cool (laughs) so he had uh, he had 51 pressures on the season and you're supposed to turn your game up in the postseason. So, yeah, let's, let's do, you know, just get 92, 90% of the snaps this game. Uh, I could see him doing it, man. I mean, he's been, he's been a terror, man. Like, just, I mean, that entire line has been, like, he's been a terror. Rashawn Gary's been a terror. Preston Smith has done some really good things. Kenny Clark's been on one. Just watching watching them work and watching Z kind of, you know, early in the season was kind of, uh, the, the energy wasn't, wasn't quite there. He's just a maniac. I just love it. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, 52 sounds right. That sounds right to me. Yeah, whatever he has, I'm going to say Rashawn Gary has like two more. So <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I think, I think that, that'll solve the problem and uh, that'll put Tom Brady on his booty and that's what everybody from the Packers fans wants to see. So next up, we've got Gooseman488. How do you think the elements will affect the Bucks' defensive line and linebackers? 
Um, I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we haven't talked too much about the weather. It's looking like it's going to be cold. There might be some snow. So team from Florida, Sarah, we'll start with you because you're, you live in Florida. How would you, how would it, how would you deal with the fact of playing in, in snow for the first time all season? Yeah, I would be miserable. Um, I <laughs> tweeted before the game on Saturday. So right at the beginning, one of the broadcast announcers said, Oh, it's, 30 degrees, which is not too bad here in Green Bay. That's pretty warm. And it was like, I, w- I literally almost choked. I'm like, <laughs> warm? Like, that's so cold for me and anyone else that lives in Florida. And so I tweeted it and then said, me, a Floridian. And it was like Elmo shivering um, <laughs> in the cold because that's how I felt. So, yeah, it's going to have a huge impact um, on how they play. I mean, Florida cold is a, is way different than like cold in other areas. Like sometimes because of the humidity, it, it feels like it really hits you kind of in your bones, like a lot cooler. And even though like you have jackets or whatever on you, it like nothing really helps. But then I've been up to like Wisconsin and other places when it's cooler and it's just a completely different ball game. The snow is insanely hard to play in. I mean, not to like, say I have all this experience, but I remember in high school, I traveled to a tournament for soccer in North Carolina and it ended up snowing. And our whole team was like, we don't know what to do. Like this is (laughs) not like what we're used to. We're freezing. It's slippery. And, you know, we're playing with our feet. I can't even imagine like having to use your hands and everything like that. So yeah, I think it's going to have a really big impact. And that's why Aaron Rodgers wanted this game to be at Lambeau Field because the elements are in their favor. The Packers, honestly, every time it it starts to snow and some snow flurries come down, I think like something like really just come, they they come alive really. And it seems like they almost play better in the snow at times. So yeah, I think it's going to serve as a huge advantage for the Packers and really slow them down. Yeah. And I think especially again with, with some of their aggressiveness that they like to have, I mean, a little bit of misdirection at the line, gets a false step one way and they got to go back the other way not only is there you're possibly slipping but also a little bit harder to get up to speed so i think against a kind of a fast aggressive defense like the bucks want to play like yeah even without the the whole florida and coming to the cold thing i think uh not being used to playing in that i think uh i think that's gonna you know slow them down at least a step you know on some plays i would think which which may be enough yeah it's getting used to it and not you know making sure you have the right cleats on and all this kind of stuff that that the packers know exactly what they want to do they know the the shoes that they want to be wearing the the size cleat they want to have and it's it's going to take some adjusting i think for some of the for some of the buccaneers so it may you know even out halfway through the game when they start to get used to it and they can understand their footing a little bit more but it's just it is an advantage for the packers uh to to be playing in a cold weather game i would say so Next up, we have got John Plotter, who wants to know, what one famous Packers fan would you like to watch a Packers game with? So, Dusty, you found a list of famous Packers fan. You still have that up? I've got it in front of me. I'll read through a few of them. There's, there's some good ones, man. Okay. Got some big ones. We've got Justin Timberlake. we got Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, I found out, was a Packers fan because she wore a cheese head on Conan. Um, just oh, okay. Just loved it. Uh, 
uh, Lil Wayne. Everyone knows Lil Wayne. He just released uh, the, the sequel to Green and Yellow last week. Uh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles, famously not one of the Jonas Brothers, but seems like a delightful man and a very talented <laughs> young man. Uh, he's worn, if you watch the NPR Tiny Desk concert series, uh, he did one and wore a, I think a Rogers jersey, wore a Green Bay jersey for that. Um, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Uh, Chris Farley. Larry the Cable Guy, apparently. Yeah. Liberace. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. I think Ryan Reynolds, that's that's mine. Joan Jett, Ellen DeGeneres, David Ortiz, Brad Paisley, Tony Shaloub, Steve Miller. Like it, you know, some hits and misses there, but that's a, that's a that's a decent list. Hmm. So I'm going with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, okay. I I I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, been a fan of his since, you know, obviously the Deadpool stuff was great, but the Amityville Horror remake, he was tremendous in. Uh, Waiting, I loved. Adventureland was, like, he was tremendous in that. Like, just, uh, even Blade Trinity. God, I've seen Blade Trinity so many times. That movie's god-awful, but he's tremendous. So, big Ryan Reynolds guy. Loved watching game with Ryan Reynolds. I think Ryan Reynolds is definitely up there for me. I think I, I'm kind of torn between him and Harry Styles. Because Harry Styles is just Harry Styles. Like, he's iconic and love him. Sorry, Steve. Since mm-hmm. Sure, sure. For, for background, just please see my, <laughs> my Twitter so you can see the conversation and how it went down that Steve did not know who Harry Styles is, which is just a, a damn shame mm-hmm. because he's a legend. So anyway, I've heard, I mean, I've heard the name. I just thought he was part of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So I don't get too upset about that. And I just think Harry Styles is a really cool person. So to be able to just like watch a Packers game and chill and like talk with him about anything and everything under the sun would be cool. But with Ryan Reynolds, he is funny as hell. Like I crack up at all of the stuff that he does. So I feel like his commentary while watching a Green Bay game matched with like the immediate anger that sometimes I like act on when I'm watching a game and like shout and get upset would be just like a really good combination I mean if he wants to bring Blake Lively as well that would be cool too because she's awesome so (laughs) Uh, I think you both are great answers but uh, bringing Chris Farley back to life to watch a Packers game with him would just be awesome that dude was just pure comedy gold and the amount of passion that he had for you know, comedy and things like that being thrown into uh, like seeing him love the Packers and watching, watching them win a conference championship game. If it was this weekend, like that, I think to me, that would be it. That would be the, the ideal. I mean, you can't go wrong with Ryan Reynolds and apparently Harry Styles. That's a, that's a cool thing too. But to me, it would be, it would be Chris Farley. So let's see. I have to scroll through because half of my mentions are all about food and things like that. So uh, and my bet that I paid off. But next one, we have Bart, who wants to know, what type of game script do you expect between Green Bay and Tampa Bay in comparison to what type of game script you love from Green Bay? So to me, I'll let Dusty, I don't know, Sarah, if you have a script in mind or if you just like Dusty to take this one again. Mine is just win. Like that's all the script is. Just a blank page that says win in all caps with the period. So Dusty can fill in those blanks for no, us. I'm a, I, I want to be like the Bears guy and just have, have, the script says B-U. B-U. That's what it is. B-U, man. That's right. Yeah, and guess what, Steve? They were. 
Turns out they were. And what they were was eight and eight. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have a full, full 15 play game script or anything, but kind of the stuff we talked about, I hit them uh, really early, you know, hit them with some play action, kind of see how the uh, see how those linebackers, you know, you're looking in the game script, what you're doing, you're trying to see kind of how pieces react when you either line up in certain personnel, what do, what do they sub or how do they react to some of these different things. So I'm seeing how they react to play action, because if you can get them sold on the play action, uh, that opens up a bunch of stuff in the middle, as we kind of talked about. So I'm getting a lot of play action, especially you know, the play action boot, throwing at least one of those in there in the game script. It's something the Packers do a lot. We saw a couple variations this past week we hadn't seen in the past, but kind of seen, okay, how are they crashing that line? How are they defending that? That's one of the bread and butter plays, not only from a passing perspective, but also from just a straight kind of inside zone running perspective as well. So with the play action boot, you get a view of, okay, how are they looking at this initially? So how could they possibly be defending against inside zone run versus how are they kind of crashing the edge and looking to, to do some of the boot stuff? And so throwing one of those in there for sure again throwing some duo run plays in there kind of seeing what movements you can get at the point of attack how those linebackers what they're doing as far as gap responsibility and so then what you can run off that 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 may open up some doors for screens or possibly even play action selling you you fake that that duo to kind of trigger those guys to come down which opens up behind and then you're throwing a throwing a shot play in there man uh throw a double move in there throw a kind of mills concept that kind of deep deep dig post over the top um against a single high like just see what they can do man you're i mean you're that's that's kind of what i'm looking at and also i guess lastly would be uh either some rpo or just called wide receiver screen they had one uh in the first game i think in that first drive is that maybe the second play of the game that was kind of a they had a numbers advantage a legit three on one numbers advantage Rogers throws it and the 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 defender I, I can't remember who it was on that side blows it up knifes through the two blockers and hits the uh, hits the receiver before the like as the ball's getting there just breaks it up almost picks it off so kind of one of those like how aggressive are they and also like what do we need to do block them a little bit and and kind of challenge them in the snow challenge that reaction in the snow see what you can get off of that so I'm going guess as a summary we're hitting some duo we're hitting some play action boot we got at least one shot in there. And uh, we got some quick game out to the outside, so that's uh, that's what I'm looking at. I, I echo Sarah. Just win, baby. Just win. <laughs> Next up, Matthew Dobby wants to know. He's a longtime listener, loves the show. What's more important this weekend: stopping the Bucks from getting to Rogers or consistently getting after Brady? Bonus on brand question: What is the best non Oreo cookie? So, Sarah, let's start with you. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for listening um, and sending in a question. Um, as far as what I think is more important, I think it's the Packers getting to Brady because Brady is the type of person where if you get in his head, he will get very pissed off and show everyone that he's really pissed off. And I feel like the Packers would just absolutely feed off of that energy, especially if there's fan or if there's fans, especially since there are is going to be fans at Lambeau Field. If they see Brady really pissed and like slamming his helmet on the sideline or something because the Packers defense is just getting after him um, and really doing a great job, the fans are going to love that. They are going to absolutely soak it up. They're going to make some noise. They're going to get rowdy or as rowdy as they can, you know, in their small numbers. So I think that's most important, especially from like a momentum standpoint. We've seen so many times this year that the Packers just – First half, they look pretty good. And then that third quarter, it's like the momentum totally shifts. And if they can, you know, get to Brady and consistently get after him, I think, you know, the offense will respond positively and the momentum will work in their favor. 
Oh, and second question, it was what's my favorite cookie that isn't an Oreo? Is that what it was? Correct. I would say the Chewy Chips Ahoy. Um, not the original. I don't like the hard ones, but the chewy ones or the soft baked ones are really good. Yeah. And I'd say, I think I'd, I might go with Sarah as well. I mean, I think, you know, keeping Rogers clean is, is obviously very important. And that's something they did not do, uh, in the first game. It's something they've done very well since then, but we know Brady wants to get the ball out quickly. And you know, you like like Sarah said, you can rattle him, you can rush him a little if you hit him. And so I think just you know, just thinking through it, okay, if the Bucks if, if that's the thing, if the Bucks line is able to get to Rogers, well then, you know, they can they got you got ways to counteract that, right? You can uh LaFleur will just dial up some short stuff. You'll hit some quick hitters. You can kind of work some of that area. They've especially shown, I mean, more as the season's gone on, the ability to not not only attack the short stuff, but a willingness to take what the defense gives them a little bit more. Uh, whereas <laughs> if Brady's getting popped, Arian's just going to keep Brady getting popped because that's what he because that's what he's doing. You're still taking those shots. So I think there may be a slight adjustment there. Like I say, you rattle Brady a little bit, but also I don't think Arians is changing that. So if you can get to him early, you likely can get to him all game and they're not changing a whole lot up. So I'll take that one. And uh yeah, famous or, or famous. Um cookie, non Oreo cookie. I'm kinda of going to that same range. I'm gonna go famous Amos, man. I just man, I'll buy me a box of those famous Amos cookies and they're amazing. I'm like, I'm gonna let these take a little while and then they will be gone in thirty minutes. So <laughs> Yeah, actually, we're going clean sweep on this answer because I, I completely agree. I think if you are talking about who, uh, out of Brady and Rodgers, who's the mobile, the more mobile quarterback, that's clearly Aaron Rodgers. He can get – even if they're getting a pass rush on him, he can get out. You saw him move around, like avoided Aaron Donald and then threw a freaking rope to Tunyon, uh, made, a, made a hell of a play, and – Brady isn't doing that kind of stuff. He's going to try to move around a little bit, but he'll chuck the ball into the ground. He'll do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, w- I want the Packers defense in his in the backfield before he can even get rid of the ball. So that's what I think would be the best the best thing. And then the best non-Oreo cookie for me, it would be the soft batch cookies. I think they're the Keebler brand or whatever it is, but uh, warm those things up in the microwave for like eight or nine seconds. And uh, yeah, you got some fire there. So uh, I normally, to be fair, though, I, I really don't buy a lot of cookies outside of Oreos as it is. So I actually had to think about that one for a while. So thank you, Matthew, for, for listening and for the uh, the on-brand question to end it. So um, I think we may have one more. I'm scrolling there. I'm starting to get into the end of the uh, the bet. So that's why I've got a lot of the food questions. There it is. Okay. Uh, John Kramer. How will uh, how will the offensive line counter Tampa Bay stunts and creative blitzes? Uh, keep a back in to block, run the ball more. Something else. I know we've talked about this a little, the wide receiver screens a little bit. Um, the, I'm going to try to find it too. I saw Dan Orlovsky of ESPN had a good like three minute uh, segment on Get Up. Uh, maybe it wasn't Get Up, whatever Greeny's new show is. But I saw it on Twitter and talking about how this game is going to be awesome. How both of these teams have have adapted and changed since Week Six, and uh, how the Packers is essentially have taken that game and kind of morphed their offense. And I know Dusty talked about this a lot of seeing like, this was the first time the blitzes were getting home on them. This is the first time that their offensive line was getting beat by these types of blitzes. And so in order to get better and and self scout, they were able to, you know, do more wide receiver screens. They were able to to work differently with their run game and things like that. So if I can find that video again, I'll tweet it out because it was really insightful, but 
to me, it's just, you know, um, it's adapting. It's it's uh, keep on doing what they've been doing. Um, teams still have been blitzing the Packers, and they've been doing really well against it. So, Dusty, uh, you have anything to add on top of it? No, I mean, there, there was some confusing stuff. I mean, that they, they got crossed up with a little bit. You know, some of the communication on the line wasn't quite there, which, you know, they had, I think, most of their main line was there for that game, if I'm not mistaken. So there's some of those miscommunications. Like, that's just just better know what to expect. And again, Bowles is kind of going to run his stuff. He's going to change it up a little, but you got to be prepared for some of that. They're, he's going to be blitzing off of weird angles. He's going to try to kind of tie you up with some of the uh, some of the rules of maybe what you're supposed to do. I think keeping a backpack is, is good. You know, Jamal Williams, but we, then we saw Jamal Williams whiff on some of those the last time. So uh, we've seen a lot more of some of the two tight end stuff. Actually, they've, they've gone they've gone to a lot of 11 personnel with the one tight end. But when we see the two tight ends, they usually go uh, – they've been going kind of strong formation. Uh, so you've got the kind of two tight ends set to one side in the line. And when they do that, just know, you know, Bowles likes to kind of blitz off that weak side. He likes to kind of bring some of that stuff. So it's it's one of those – I mean, it's it's cliche to say it, but, you know, that, that offensive line has got to operate as one unit, man. Like as far as like passing this stuff off, seeing that. I mean, Rodgers is going to gonna get got sometimes. That's just the nature of the game. That's the nature of how this defense plays. But uh, that, that if that offensive line is able to communicate like we've seen them communicate – uh, I don't really have any major concerns. Um, that's it's that's just it, man. They gotta gotta pick that stuff up, stuff up, and, and kind of see what's going on uh, ahead of them. Tara, any final notes on that? No, I think you guys covered it. Awesome. Well, that does wrap up our question segment from Twitter. So thank you again, as always, for sending those in. There was a there was a whole bunch to go through. So. Sorry we couldn't answer all of them, but uh, I have a feeling nobody wants to listen to an hour and a half to two-hour podcast from us. So normally we we push the limits of the uh, 20-minute-a-day Packer podcast (laughs) uh, as we normally do. But uh, thank you again. So uh, as always on Twitter, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, for at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. So thanks again for those. Before we do our final thoughts, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a game prediction from you guys. So Sarah, we'll start with you. Um, where are you trending, like score wise? What's what's a bold prediction? Something you think might happen in the game? Uh, give me some, uh, it's a free segment for you to go go oh, say what God. you think is going to happen Sunday. And uh, obviously, I gave them no preparation for this. So <laughs> thanks, yeah. Steve. Outstanding oh, I- show host. <laughs> I think the Packers are going to win. I feel pretty good about it and I was talking to my boyfriend about this because we watched the game together on Saturday and I said I think losing to or Sunday because that's when the Bucks played I said I think losing to the Bucks early in the season is going to be one of the best things that could have happened to the Packers this year because I think obviously they're going to walk away motivated they want to you know this is a revenge game for them now the Bucks have to come to Lambeau Field and the setting, like, it just feels like the Packers are trending in the right direction and that they're really kind of peaking at the right time. So I, I feel really good about it. I think Green Bay can pull this out. Um, I think it's going to be a battle. So as far as score prediction, maybe like 31-24, something like that. I think it's going to be close, but I think Green Bay is, is going to end up on top. Um, and then a bold prediction. I think you've got one. Yeah. I mean, I'll just throw this out there. Why not manifest it into the universe? I think either Jarier Alexander or Darnell Savage has pick six. 
I like it. That's my bold prediction. I'm going to go, um, yeah, I'm gonna, Packers 38-24. Let's get it, man. Let the, right. the, what, the things that they learned from the week six, as well as, as all the stuff Sarah said about getting better throughout the year, I think that serves them well here. Um, they are, you know, besides a couple guys here and there, relatively healthy. So, yeah, I think they, they've run it up a little and, and bold prediction. I don't know. Um, Aaron Jones, 150 yards on the ground. Um, let's do it. 150 yards, two touchdowns on the ground for Aaron Jones. All right. I like this. Lots of positivity. I'm going to go 34-27 Packers. And Sarah actually stole my bold prediction because I tweeted that out after the game, and you liked it, Sarah. So uh... <laughs> thinking about it. I, I, why did I feel like that's a thing that's going to happen? And I'm like, probably because my brain is like, because you've seen it before, and you didn't have any time to prepare because Steve threw this on you. So He surprised you. Steal something from him. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is so gonna happen now and sarah's gonna talk about how this was her bold prediction no. from the podcast i don't care i don't care but yeah that means to me that's something i think i mean watching that bucks game you saw you saw brady throw a couple of balls that i just i just watched and i was like dude jair's gonna get one this is this is a game this is gonna be something fun and he's gonna be celebrating in the snow at lambo so that would be pretty outstanding that should do it. I think we've covered everything. We've probably been going for like an hour and a half now, but uh, let's let's do some closing thoughts. So, Dusty, what do you got for us? Yeah, all right. So, uh, my normal stuff, writing, I actually wrote an additional article this week because I got so hyped. Um, so, over at Packer Report yesterday, um, I've got something that is about how the Packers, I kind of mentioned it earlier, how the Packers use motion to create kind of a favorable matchup for Adams on a, against an aggressive defender. So that's up over Packer Report. And then today at Packer Report, I've got uh, my pressure slash defensive looks. I've got the, the play I talked about earlier with that is Preston Smith knifing through the line to stop Cam Akers on third and two that eventually set up a field goal on the Rams drive instead of a, a potential touchdown. And also uh, Zadari Smith's sack. I think his first sack were uh, kind of a, a very nicely designed that Kind of as I talked about, what I hope does not happen to the Packers this week caused some confusion within the Rams uh, within the Rams offense and just caught them kind of in a rotation, the exact right offensive call to kind of make that happen. So really fun stuff over there. And then at Cheesehead, again, I normally do one, so that's going to be up today. Got passing Chronicles up today, where I'm kind of hitting the the Adams touchdown. I've got a check down off a shot play, a couple a couple looks at that um, that all go all go halfback seam that we talked about earlier. Uh, so that'll be up today. And then yesterday, I wrote something on the Lazar touchdown. So kind of the couple of plays that set it up. We had there was actually the drop um, by Lazard earlier in the game was out of that same formation. Then the Packers hammered the Rams with inside zone runs out of that same look, and then kind of how that the basically the almost the, the dominoes of triggers set on by Lazard acting like he's blocking down and and uh, Lewis blocking out how that kind of set up the Rams uh, for that big touchdown. So that was it was just a really fun sequence to look at, and so that's up over at Cheesehead. Um, now that went up yesterday so uh and i've got a whole bunch of other stuff i've been just insanely busy at work so i haven't really drawn up anything else but a lot of really fun stuff this week man i mean as you would imagine like stuff that looks like what we've seen but but slightly different so uh, a a lot of really good stuff to dig into this week and for me, I'll have my uh, weekly game recap up after the game. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys, as always, for sending in your halftime thoughts and your final thoughts. I love sorting through those and including a few in my story. 
And then just wanted to give a little birthday shout out to my boyfriend, Bailey, because Sunday is the NFC Championship game, but it's also his birthday. So he's going to be really nervous that day, um, unfortunately. But hopefully the Packers will gift him with a big fat win and a trip to the Super Bowl. So happy birthday to Bailey and go Pack Go! All right. Well, happy birthday to Bailey as well. Uh, we, we've talked to him randomly once or twice through uh, before everything starts. So, um, yeah, happy birthday to him. For me, I want all of Packers fans listening right now to take a collective deep breath. I've been, you know, <laughs> watching watching Twitter, and it seems like some of you aren't handling the fact that the Packers are in the championship game too well. You're freaking out. You're talking, you're, you're talking a lot of crap to a lot of people and, you know, the, the media does not hate the Packers. They're not disrespecting them by not including them in every single tweet about everything. Like we all got to take a step back here for a minute and just appreciate the fact that the Packers are in the conference championship, most likely fingers crossed going to the Super Bowl. Uh, there'll be plenty of time for all the dissection in the off season, but just appreciate the fact this is a fun time. This is awesome. The media is not trying to kill the Green Bay Packers. I'm just going to tell you that. So enjoy this time. It doesn't happen that often, um, except for two years in a row for the Packers. But uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun um, to to just live through it right now. So be in the moment. Uh, embrace the love, not the hate, and uh, let's let's get excited because we're going to be talking to you guys next week after the Packers have clinched a trip to the Super Bowl. So thanks as always for listening. We will be back next week to discuss the Packers, the Super Bowl, and how Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl as well. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week. And as always, go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.